1: When we know God and we're in right relationship with Him, we know He's taking care of us. Jesus pointed this out in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, that's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barn, for your Heavenly Father feeds them.
0: And aren't you more valuable
1: to Him than they are?
0: Important questions from Jesus Christ put to his apostles in the book of Matthew and we'll hear more in just a moment on this edition of study verse by verse as we start a new week welcome to the broadcast an outreach ministry of church of the highlands in san bruno featuring the teaching of pastor Leighton shealy and we're on the web at studyversebyverse.com that's study verse by verse Com. We pick up again in the book of Matthew, and then Pastor Sheely uh, transitions into his main study in the book of John, the 14th chapter.
1: Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Well, can they? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, and yet Solomon, in all of his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Why do they dominate the thoughts of unbelievers? Because unbelievers don't believe in God. They believe that they themselves are their own provider. And they've got to figure out how to provide. And that's why it dominates their thoughts. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously. And He will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. God's forgiven our past. He's taken care of us in the present. He is guaranteeing our future. He's, it's already been prepared. We don't need to worry. We're commanded not to worry. And then verse 28, Jesus says, You've heard me say I'm going away and I will come to you. If you love me, you would have rejoiced because I'm going to the Father and the Father is greater than I. The Father is greater than I. This is an important verse for you to be aware of because this is a verse that is used by the Jehovah's Witness, uh, the Unitarians, and other cultists to deny the deity of Jesus. Uh, James Montgomery Boyce said, "...they use this sentence to teach that Jesus here confessed himself to be a lesser created being, although an important one. But while this is the apparent meaning of the verses looked at only on the surface..." It is clearly not the meaning if it is looked at in context. The key word is the conjunction for. Jesus has told the disciples that they should rejoice in view of his departure and in their love for him. And now he gives the reason. For, he says, that is because, because my father is greater than I. In other words, in his days of incarnation, Jesus has been below the father in terms of his outward glory and official position. But now he is returning to the father to assume the great glory and position he had originally possessed. The disciples should rejoice in the exaltation of their Lord now that he is within view. There's a parallel statement that's written by Paul in Philippians chapter 2 about Jesus being in heaven and setting the glories of heaven aside so he could come to earth as a servant, an obedient servant, even obedient to dying on the cross. The interpretation of some that have that interpretation take this verse out of context. Because you can remember how this gospel begins. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Now Jesus said, if you've loved me, you would have rejoiced. What did, what did Jesus mean by that? Well, D.A. Carson wrote, If Jesus' disciples truly loved him, they would be glad that he is returning to his Father, for He's returning to the sphere where he belongs, to the glory he had with the Father before the world began. And Jesus was saying, If you really love me, you'd be rejoicing. Verse 29, And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. Now, Jesus had repeatedly taught them that it was better for him to depart so that the Holy Spirit could come. Why? Well, so that they would believe. Now, at the time, I'm sure the disciples thought they believed, but they only believed what they understood, and they didn't understand very much. They didn't understand the reason for his death, they didn't understand that his death would be followed by his resurrection. They didn't understand that the gospel of salvation is based on these two great truths. They didn't understand that this gospel, this good news, was to be taken to all people throughout the world. And it was only after the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit uh, was given to teach them and lead them into these truths that they could understand these things and really, truly believe and understand what was taking place. Verse 30. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me. Now, the ruler of this world, or the prince of this world, refers to Satan. And Satan was continually hostile towards Jesus. Now, in the other Gospels, but not the Gospel of John, there is a reference to the temptation of Jesus Christ at the beginning of his ministry. And Luke notes, that that temptation was not the only temptation Jesus experienced in his life. For he wrote in Luke 4.13, when the devil had finished all of his, this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Well, what time could have been more opportune than when Jesus is just a few hours away from a very painful death that he's been betrayed by Judas It would make him especially susceptible to suggestion or temptation. Jesus said, Satan has no hold on me. When studying, I found that that it's a difficult phrase to render, but the sense of it is that there was no sin in Christ for Satan to grab hold of. A handle that Satan could use to twist and manipulate and control Christ. Satan could not manipulate, hold, control Christ. And if we are in Christ and continuing in Christ, he can't get a hold of us either. And it's important that we stay in fellowship with Christ, that we stay in Christ. Verse 31... But I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise and let us go from here. This is a recurring theme throughout this discourse. Jesus expressed his love towards the Father in obedience. And we express our love towards Jesus in obedience. On the night before his death, Jesus promised a supernatural peace to his disciples. And he pointed to himself rather than circumstances as being the source of that that peace. It was a peace that characterized him as he went through his sufferings. And it was a peace that characterized the disciples as they went through their sufferings. History indicates that all of the disciples, except perhaps John, were executed for expressing their faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In me you may have peace. Remember our study last week? You in me and I in you? You and me is in reference to Salvation that we are in Christ. I and you is in reference to sanctification, what Christ and his Holy Spirit is doing within us to transform us into the people he wants us to be. Jesus said, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We can only experience... True peace when we are in right relationship with God. Righteousness first produces peace, which produces joy. Paul wrote in Colossians, For in him, that is in Christ Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you who are once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. It is through Christ that we can experience right relationship with God. So I ask you today, are you in right relationship with God? Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior?
0: And if your answer to that question is no, then perhaps the best solution for you would be to give us a call. We stand ready to answer your questions at 650-873-4095. That's 650-873-4095. This is an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and our teacher each day is Pastor Leighton Sheely. I'm Mike Trout. And these are difficult times for everyone. Of course, we know that. And for this ministry, it's a time of reevaluation. We have to look at our budget and decide just exactly where we can afford to spend the limited resources that are available to us. And that means this broadcast. It's so important that we hear from you right now. There are two aspects to this outreach as far as response is concerned. One is, are we reaching people? And you can let us know that we are reaching you by going to the website, Highlands and clicking on the contact link. Then secondly, the financial participation of so many in the listening audience is vital, and you can join with us in a small way or in a big way by giving easily and safely on that website, highlands.us. Do let us know that you're out there. We'll be back tomorrow as we open the Word of God and study verse by verse.